Hello and welcome to another episode of Plus Ultra, the My Hero Academia podcast. My name's Max Newland. And my name's Emmy Linders. And hey, we're we're popping the cap on a new season here. Shit, yeah. Season two of My Hero Academia. Uh this is this is the first time I've ever watched an anime that was split up into seasons that I like knew of. Oh really? I knew that yeah. uh I knew that Yu Yu Hakusho was split into seasons. Dragon Ball Z was sagas. <laughs> Yeah, and they lasted basically forever. It was like pretty much just an ongoing show. God. <laughs> there weren't really big breaks or anything like that. Yeah. It must have been like hell to work on a show like that where there's no breaks ever. I guess. But I mean, I feel like they could just recycle a bunch of the animation. Mm -hmm. for... Yeah, and they did <laughs> with, with very little prejudice. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, though, um, we they started anew. They give them they give them a break with My Hero Academia, and it's bittersweet having to wait. But it's you know the quality is so high that it's worth yeah. it. And we just got confirmation season three starts in April two thousand eighteen. <clears throat> that is so few months away. Like do you like do you realize that's less than half a year I know. away? That's what we assumed it was going to be, but now I'm happy it's confirmed. Of course. How could you not renew My Hero Academia, the series whose popularity is blowing everyone away? Um, this episode starts out, I think, doing a uh, recap in probably the the most the best way you can do a recap. The opening when I first watched this, oh my god, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, mm -hmm. <gasps> okay. For a second, I thought I w I had loaded up the wrong episode. I, know, and I, was, I was watching like, episode one again. I was like, wait a minute. Well, well, for a second, I thought that I had missed like a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> I was like, wait. <laughs> so they play that that whole thing uh, where Deku explains what a quirk is and what and when they started and what it means to have a quirk. And then you see a couple of scenes from the first episode. And then they show us all of this new stuff. This like apocalyptic hellscape with just fire everywhere and all these shadow men and demons. And it's an amazing scene. And the thing is, we're Emmy and I are totally caught up on the on the manga. I have no idea what is being depicted in this scene. I I have no fucking clue. I don't believe it has been depicted in the manga yet. We've seen this costume and we've yes. seen this power. Well, yes. Oh, shit. Okay. So he, in this, he's doing a monologue about how, This is Deku you know, also. It's Deku. Just in case nobody... <laughs> And he's like, oh, you know, I became, I was able to achieve my dreams because people supported me and everybody believed in me. And now I'm working to create a better world. And then you, you see him facing down all of these like faceless unknown villains that are like totally crazy. And there's fires going and he stands up and like throws his arms out and you see one for all, like shoot down all of his limbs and across his face. And he's got this like this big all might smile on yo when i saw this for the first time i was like what the fuck where yeah, did dude, that I come from and i was like i was going oh crazy my god this is one of the greatest things ever how did you do that and then he says this is the story of how i became the world's greatest hero and then he does a punch that causes the sunrise yes <laughs> My favorite thing about the animation in this, and there's a lot to love, it's very, very good, um, but Deku is like, a, he's a small kid, he's he's a very small framed person, he still looks so powerful yeah. in this moment, and the way they animate him, like, taking this position, and the, the angles they, sh they show him from, I don't know, it just, like, evokes this immense strength and power. You know what? Krillin needs to take some pointers from this kid. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, thanks for the crossover potential. Zenkai Boost. Uh, Zenkaiboost.com. <laughs> Nice and plug. then we get the new opening, which is amazing. Boy, this opening shows my son. This opening is so good. Dude, the like the two, I think just two of the characters from Class 1B make an appearance in the opening. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, I think there's only one from Class 1B. No. Oh, wait. Yeah, one is from... Oh, wait. No, no, no. Is there anybody from 1B? Because he's not from 1B either. He's from the general studies, and she's from like the technical support class. Metal Boy's in this intro. Is he? Oh. Yeah. Okay, never mind. So we see some some new folks. We see a purple-haired boy who we yes, love. He's the one that I've been talking about so much. And we see this pink-haired girl and this man who appears to be made of metal. Um, this is a very good intro, and there's a lot of videos online about like analyzing My Hero Academia's intros. This one is extremely good, and a lot of people say it's their favorite. Kevin likes this one the best. Kevin's, the, Kevin will, will die on the hill that this is the best. <laughs> My Academia <laughs> opening. You can you can pry this opening out of his cold dead fingers. And I can't really blame him. It's excellent. It's just like the shift in tone that the whole series takes in season two is very very evident in this opening because it's not it's no longer a solely about like you know Deku and this this aspirational journey that he's on, but it also becomes about like These it's no longer like <laughs> yeah yeah I'm in high school now I'm actually on my way to my dream instead of just you know i have this dream that's way way far out there and maybe someday yeah. i'll achieve it my high school where i learned to punch people really good <laughs> <laughs> my high school where i learned not to break my arms when i punch people <laughs> my hospital academia oh. um nine one one. um so then the episode itself opens on a news report uh, and the, basically the anchor is saying that the police have helped bust the League of Villains, but like they found Shit, out... It's the day after. Yeah. It is literally the day, one day since the USJ attack. It feels like it's been a long time. The series doesn't take breaks, like at all. No. Like, everything is the next day, always. And the, and the anchor just kind of like lets everybody know, hey, these people are planning to kill All Might. And there's just people standing yeah. on the street like, what? <laughs> Completely blabs it. I'm sure all of the people on the ground are like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Fake <laughs> you news. You can't kill All Might. Fake news. <laughs> I want to hear I want to hear what the, the My Hero Academia Universe's version of uh, uh, oh. InfoWars sounds like. <laughs> oh, man. It probably just sounds like InfoWars. So after, um, after we get briefed on the news and what's going on in the world, um, there's a little bit more exposition to do, but All Might does the exposition for us uh, as he narrates a letter that he's written to somebody. Yeah, we get to see sort this of looking... like, sort of run-down urban building that we've never seen before. There's an old man eating some fish crackers. They're like these little fish, like bread bean pastries. I don't know, they sell them at the market up the street from my house. I'm afraid to taste them because I don't like red bean paste. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, All Might is talking about how he met Deku and why he chose him as the successor and how, you know, you know, he'll need a teacher. He'll need a teacher like All Might needed a teacher. And we actually learn All Might's real name here for the first time. Toshinori. His little, little Toshinori Yagi. So there's a couple things that kind of like clue us into this dude being important. Because for one, he's got a cape. So obviously yes. he's a hero. <laughs> Only heroes. He has a cape. That's a big indicator. Not all heroes wear capes, but every hero or everyone who wears a cape should be a hero. Well, no, that's not true. Magneto wears a cape. Anyway. Um, and also he knows All Might's real name and he says that he's found a successor. So he knows about one for all. I mean, he told him about it in the fucking And letter. All Might refers to him very, very formally. 
Yes. So this is someone that All Might looks up to and respects a great deal. Indeed. And this is an older man, so it's like, hmm. hmm is this, What's going on here? Is this your grandpa? Who is that? <laughs> grandpa All Might. Grandpa All Might. So next scene uh, is a school board meeting, uh, minus one, because Aizawa is still in the hospital. Oh, yeah. And Tsukauchi is filling all the teachers in on how difficult it has been to figure out who Shigaraki and Kurugiri are. There's no public records of their existence. Yeah, and Blood King is, like, obviously disappointed. He's very audibly disappointed. Uh, (laughs) Snipe recommends that they should track them down, of course. Well, yeah. Yep, and then... I mean, that's what we're trying. During all this, um, All Might seems pretty distracted, and Nezu kind of catches on. He's like, hey, what's up? Mm -hmm. What's on your mind? And All Might kind of... He, he says he's perplexed, you know, by these villains. The USJ attack was too bold of a move. The ringleader mm-hmm. kept monologuing about why they were there. And he was bragging about Nomu's quirk, but he wouldn't talk about his own power. And then he was, th- like, throwing a tantrum whenever things didn't go oh, his he, way. He calls him a man-child. Yep. But he, he actually uses that word, which I think is very funny. He does admit, though, that bragging about Nomu's power was a good way to provoke All Might into fighting. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, I'm yeah, better than worked. you. I'm better than you, bitch. What are you going to do about it? Punch you into space is what he did about it. <laughs> uh, so they're sort of worried because if Sukauchi's point is that Shigaraki is kind of a mess. And if he is, if he, a person who is kind of a mess, is still able to organize this many villains together, that probably means bad things for like society at large. Yeah, by the way, there were 72 the villains people. that were arrested. Jeez, man. 72. Can I make a a, a side comment here? So Blood King is just like grumpy the whole time that they're talking. (laughs) I feel like he could just be Endeavor's like brother or cousin. (laughs) They look very similar. (laughs) They have the same kind of haircut. They're both always mad. Yeah. Mad and big. Mad and big and mad. They're two main qualities. Oh man, they should open a a store for suits for men who are big and mad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah. Uh, oh, and and lastly, Nezu sums up that Shigaraki is similar to the students mm-hmm. in that he's inexperienced. Somebody might be guiding him. Exactly. He's probably, he has somebody who's tell, you know, telling him what to do. Nurturing mm-hmm. his malice. And All Might kind of has this look on his face like, mm. oh, fuck. That could be bad. But from here, we cut anyway, over to Deku watching the fucking All Might video still. He's watching his favorite video and his mom's making lunch because he's got the day off from school. Yep. But he's, and he doesn't he's, look very happy, though. No, well, he's stressing. He's stressing about, you know, being the new All Might, taking over one for all. Yeah. You know, he it's it's a big deal. And he really blames himself for how badly All Might got hurt. You know, he does this thing where he picks up one weight and then it just kind of puts him in the corner and we have like a a really dimly lit playback mm, of mm-hmm. something that has happened and he's reflecting on it negatively and picking up, picking it apart. But that's that analytical mind at work. Yeah. But his mom pops in. She's like, here's dinner. Go- she made him pork cutlet, which is his favorite. Just like Yuri. Katsuki. Oh my God. I know. Good boys love pork. I love pork cutlet. <laughs> Can I say that's a big fucking dumbbell that he's got? Yeah. It- <laughs> that's a big dude. He's lifting that. Like it's nothing. And he doesn't give a shit. So he's making good progress. I'm proud of him. Uh, next scene is class time. Oh it's the next God. day. This Everybody's excited. This was the part where I thought that I saw something really fucking hilarious, which it was still hilarious, but it freaked me out for a second. Okay. So what? 
it, it's Ojiro, Toru, and Shoji. And Toru is uh-huh. just like, do you guys see the news? She's like, we got a few seconds of screen time, but I bet nobody noticed me. Ojiro's like, oh, yeah. Maybe, it, maybe not. It's kind of difficult to stand out when you're just gloves. And as it was panning up to this picture of all the girls walking together, there's yeah. this instance where you see this, like, faded filtered image of Aoyama's face over everybody. What? And I was like, what the fuck? Is this some kind of Tyler Durden splicing thing like Fight Club? But then I realized it's just like the image coming into focus and Aoyama sits on the other side of Ojiro and he's Oh my god. And he's just sitting there smiling directly at the camera. So <laughs> he's like, smiling at the camera and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> that's really fucking funny so like i had it on pause for something and i looked back and was like is that aoyama's face <laughs> we're gonna get some good aoyama time in in, in just a minute here oh, yeah but, but not quite yet and then everybody's you... excited all the kids are like very happy that they were on the news um kaminari uh, and Kirishima were is... like we're such big deals and jiro tells them to get over themselves yeah jiro's like no you're not a big deal <laughs> and i like that Zero says like who knows what would have happened if the teachers didn't show up and Mineta has another fucking meltdown. He says he's going to he pee himself. Out. Like, oh my God, if Saro could just use some of his tape to hold this boy together, that would just be great. It, this is a cool scene because I love how into, I love how well realized all of these kids are. They all have different personalities and they're all unique. And the, like, even the way they move and the way they're animated is a little bit different. Oh, like each you can person. Tell the, Yes, yeah. like you can tell that there, a lot of care went into, especially Tenya. Tenya oh has a, a very, very specific set of moves. But before that part, I like how Bakugo tells everybody to shut the fuck up, and he tells Mineta to grow up there. <laughs> yeah, I was well, like, oh yeah. boy, <laughs> that's very real. And then, of course, Tenya will have emergency exit. None class of president fuckery. storms in. No fuckery on his watch. But nope, there wasn't any fuckery yeah. to begin with. He so. tells them all to sit in their seats, and they're like, "Yo, we're all in we're our seats." Already sitting, dude. <laughs> And he goes, thanks, Dad. <laughs> and he sits down and he's very mad that he d- did this embarrassing thing. And then there's this really cute little, yeah! very tiny scene between <laughs> Mina and Tsuyu that I absolutely love. I love where this. It was so weird. She's Mina leans back and Sue, Sue is right behind her. So she leans back and kind of loses her balance for a second and Sue catches her. <laughs> this, like, this didn't have to be in the show, but it was. And it illustrates. It's just so it's so perfect to illustrate the a small thing about both of them. Like Mina doesn't Mina's Mina's not a very mentally active person. She she gets easily distracted and whatever. And Sue is a very like naturally supportive person. So yeah. of course she would catch the chair. Of course Mina would fall back. Okay, I like this next part because they're like, "Who's gonna teach class?" And then fucking yeah. Aizawa walks in the door and he, <laughs> he looks like a fucking in. mummy. And I want to know. I like how the fuck did you get up the stairs or for that matter out of your fucking house? <laughs> he's kind of limping, which is so funny to me. Like he's not only are both of his hands bandaged up and in slings, not only is his whole face wrapped in gauze, he is limping to the podium Dude, <laughs> to so talk to these kids. Speaking of like, I had this thought, like if I try to picture Aizawa's house, all I can picture is him hanging from a, a banister in a barn with a bunch of normal-sized bats. Like, I don't know th- why that's the first place my mind goes to. So there, there's an episode of The Simpsons, and I completely forget what the context of this joke is. But they're they're looking at a very tiny home, and one of the walls falls off. And inside the home is just a table and a chair. And Homer's friend Lenny is sitting there in his underwear, uh- eating beans out of a can. 
And he looks nervously at the people standing there and says, please don't tell anyone how I live. You think that's Aizawa? I think that's Aizawa. <laughs> I think he maybe owns like two things. A can of beans and a chair. <laughs> <laughs> and a sleeping bag. It, oh, yeah. And a sleep. Well, his food supply is weird. Maybe he doesn't chew. It takes too much energy. Probably. Oh, shit. That might be why he's always like consuming those little like applesauce packet things. I don't know. Um, well, the kids are worried about him, but he says his well-being is irrelevant, which is nice, uh, because something very important is, yeah, the fight's not over yet and everybody loses it because they think the villains are back. And then he says, oh, it's because the sports festival is about to start. You know, I bet that he like gives his students surprise trust falls in the hallway just to keep them on their toes. Oh yeah. He's He's that kind of guy. Shit like this. And they're like, this is so his character. Oh. I think he gets some enjoyment out of watching him sweat. He must. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's always smiling it's gotta be whenever fun. that happens. And he's like, ha ha. <laughs> I got you. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, Kirishima is extremely excited to compete in the sports festival. Oh, man. He's like, we're going to go kick some ass. But then he gets like a hand to the face from Kaminari. And he's like, man, was that necessary? Don't put your hands on people. <laughs> this is really funny. The way- When Kaminari interrupts him, the the triumphant uh ua school theme music there's like a record winding down what? sound effect and it stops as <laughs> as kaminari is like hey d- don't don't get too worked up don't get too pumped yet um so, some of the students share kirishima's enthusiasm some of them really do not especially mineta who is still very worried that he wants that that he, you know there's fucking villains out there deku's like mineta are you serious this thing's really important he's like yeah but i don't want to get murdered, murdered. <laughs> like he oh uses the okay word that's, murdered. that's that's what it is whatever and as always uh he says that this is a big event momo even adds on like this is how you get scouted uh, mm-hmm. and that's I, the real important this is another thing that i love the exchanges between kaminari and jiro which aren't really like exchanges it's just oh. kaminari doing his thing and then jiro putting him Mwah. down italian chef kissing his fingers gesture Mwah. the the character building in this episode is so thick and so good like jiro's always bringing kaminari down mineta's always worried that he's gonna get murdered like because he because uh kaminari says like the pro agencies might recruit people as sidekicks after watching the performance and jiro's like yeah well you know what that's as far as some people go in their careers but hey hmm. you know that's probably where you're gonna end up because you're really fucking dumb I can't tell if she actually likes him or if she's just actually annoyed with him in general. I think, you know, it's hard to say she is only 15. Is she doing like that dumb way of showing I like you by being mean to you thing? Who knows? A lot of people ship it on the internet. I think a lot of people would probably ship Mina and Kaminari just... Yeah, that works a lot better in my head, honestly. They can do dumb together. That's just... Yes. Dumb. They can be dumb and fun together. Dumb and fun. That's the name of their show. Dumb and fun. The Kaminari and Mina show. Um, <laughs> it's a YouTube show. So one of the things that Aizawa says here that I think is that gave me like made me go, whoa, is that in the world we live in with all of these quirks and everything, the Olympics is not really an important thing anymore. And the UA high school sports fest has pretty much taken its place. Oh my god. Did you know while they're while he's telling them about this, um, saying that, you know, this is a way to join a hero agency and gain popularity, we see Best Genus, Endeavor, mm-hmm. 
And also somebody who's not going to be introduced for a while. It's one of the Definitely heroes. not going to be introduced until near the end of season three. Yeah. It's another one of the pro heroes, which should we say the name? I don't know if we should say the name. I don't remember his name, Ed honestly. Shot. He's got a really cool design. He looks like a ninja yeah. guy. He's got like a his, kind of a, a very sharp his, sort of ethos going on. His name is Edshot. That's his hero name. Edshot. That's a great hero name. That's so cool. Yeah. I love him. Heroes a lot. in this world are so cool. They're like so this cool. show has ruined me for American superheroes. Yeah. So uh yeah, he's like, This is why the festival matters. If you want to go pro, this event will open up paths. You get one chance a year, three compete. chances in a lifetime, that's it. And uh everyone's excited. Uh oh, and that's the end of class. Yeah, like by five the way. minutes? <laughs> Dude, I'm glad that you noticed that too, because I was like, that's it. Wait, what? <laughs> Your class was like five minutes long. This isn't even like orientation day or anything. This is just class. Okay. Uh, it turns out some of the kids are nervous about, like Toru is nervous that she won't get noticed. Um, okay. And and I love, by the way, that there's a like a, they're doing this character development that she is like best friends with Ojiro, yeah, who tries to be supportive of her but doesn't really know how to. And he is just always kind of has this deadpan face, and he's like, maybe wear a shinier costume. I don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, Aoyama is not at all bothered. Nor is he nervous that he won't be noticed. Dude. Nor am I nervous that he won't. You know who Aoyama reminds me of? One of the host club members? No. Okay. He reminds me of... Do you know who Matthew Gray Gubbler is? No. He's a Twitter personality, and it's it's uncanny. Like, they don't look alike, but the, the way that, that, that Mr. Gubbler presents himself on Twitter oh. is very Aoyama. Oh, boy. I don't know if I want to see someone this. is going to know is going to hear this who knows who he is and is going to go either you're completely wrong or you're absolutely right he also gets like uncomfortably close to Koji's face because <laughs> yeah. he's like I stand out even when I'm standing still what's a boy to do and then he's like don't you agree and he looks over at Koji like right next to him and Koji's like ah. Koji nods very fast with a lot of sweat on his forehead <laughs> just like pure anxiety I'm like yeah yeah I'd be a little afraid too and we cut to Ida and Deku, and Ida's like, do, Ida's doing his like little hand jive thing as he talks to Deku oh about what's God. coming up. Oh my God! Just like the chopping <laughs> hands all over the. I love it's it so too. Funny because Deku's he's just like this shit's gonna be nuts. Everybody's so excited about it, and Tenya's like, um, yes. And then he starts doing this weird Lady Gaga butt wiggle dance with his elbows bent in together. Mm -hmm. He's like, we enrolled at this school with the sole aim to become heroes, so naturally we're fired up. And then it pans over to Sue, and she's like, mm. <laughs> those are some interesting moves. <laughs> interesting moves, sir. And then again, with the fucking hands, Tenya's like, you're excited too, right, Midoriya? And he does like this weird, like, like chopping, like he's fucking chopping this is so carrots. This was not in season one. He did not... He was like a very twitchy and active guy, but in this is a new creation for I, this episode. I can only and it works. describe him as being in a constant state of authoritative enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> authoritative enthusiasm. That's perfect, actually. <laughs> That's... And he's 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 like voguing constantly <laughs> with his hands also. That's the other thing. And he does that uh, a lot in this episode. <laughs> this episode does, like I said, there's a lot of little tiny character moments that I just absolutely love. Yeah. Uh, and we get one that like the whole, this whole arc kind of turns on this next character moment oh, where we hear somebody go, I'm really excited about the sports festival. Let's do our best. And, Let's do our best. And everybody turns <laughs> and it's Uraraka and this, she has this intense look. This like glowing purple aura around her. <laughs> like, oh my God, she looks like she's possessed by a demon and 
and she yells, I'm going to do my best. And then the kids wait, wait, are wait. like, yeah. Before that, before that happened, this was the scene where Mineta's standing next to Sue. Because everybody's like, what the fuck mm, is up mm. with you, Araka? And he starts to say PMS. And Sue, like, whips him in the fucking face with her tongue. Just smacks him before he can even finish. Bonked him on the noggin real good. <laughs> it's a good animation, too. Like, there's multiple frames of him getting smacked, which I love. Oh, it's wonderful. And then after that is when Uraka stands up and goes, everyone, I'm going to do my best. And Ida and, and Deku and Mina and them are like, yeah. And then she was like... Like only a few people. Didn't you responded. hear me? I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> hey, fuckos! I said I'm gonna do my best, and they were like, "Okay, that's cool." Yeah, Saro and Kaminari are like, "All right, we're sure." <laughs> was like, "But for real though, are you okay?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I like that as Deku starts like going back into his own head, we can hear Uraka go once more for the people in the back. <laughs> yeah, dude, and her accent comes out a little bit. Did you notice that? The little like southern twang. Mm-hmm. She is from the um. Osaka? I was going to say she near region? Osaka. She's from Osa- from the Osaka area, which is the southern, uh, like, culturally equivalent to being from the south in the U- in the United States. Like from Tennessee. Yeah, like the people think people in the city who 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 kind of highfalutin might think of you as a hick if you're from Osaka. Yeah. So- um, and so oftentimes characters from that area are localized with a with a stereotypical southern accent. Oh my god. That show, First Love Monster, that I watched, there's a dude from Osaka in that, and he sounds straight up like Dale Gribble. <laughs> uh, whoa. Like, <laughs> like, oh my God, the Southern accent is really strong. He says, God, I've forsaken be... my land. And I was like, all right. <laughs> there's going to be a remarkable amount of King of the Hill uh, references in uh, the Max Newland brand of podcasting this week. We kind of went on a pretty wild tear about King of the Hill and Zenkai Boost oh the other God, day. Oh my God, I love King of the Hill so Just, oh man, you should you should listen to that when it goes I, up. I um, will, for sure. Anyway. So it turns out, so Deku takes this opportunity to talk to Uraraka about, you know, her motivations because they really haven't talked about it much. I mean, it is only like the second week of school. Yeah. So nobody really knows each other that oh, well shit. yet. It really, it's only been like two weeks. Can you f- fucking believe that? But like, because of the fact that these kids have been through so much, they're already really tight. They just don't really know that much about each other yeah. yet. Um. So they, t- so Deku asks her why she wants to be a hero. And it turns out she's motivated by money, which is unexpected because, you know, being a hero is the kind of thing that you, yeah. you would expect someone to be into for the, for the sake of it, and you know, says, just to save people. She says she's really embarrassed because Tenya and Deku are really admiral admirable motivations but then tenya goes into another arm flurry like he's gonna fucking knock somebody out one of these days while he's on a rant (laughs) he doesn't pay attention when he's doing it uh but he tells her that she's out to just like provide for her own well-being so that's an admirable thing to do deku's like it turns out that her her motivation is has less to do with the money and more to do with her parents because she comes from a very poor family and she wants to use she wants to become a pro so that she can get rich and give them a comfortable life where they don't have to work. Yeah, her, which is they own a construction so sweet. company, and we get to see a flashback of Tiny Uraraka telling her dad. I, fucking, she, I teared up a little bit. Oh it God. was very cute. She says she's going to grow up and become a hero and help them, and her dad's like, hey, I want you to achieve your own dream and not worry about us. And he said that's what would make me happy, oh you gosh. achieving your dream. And I'm like, oh, my God, shut up. <laughs> This thirty-second interval, like little cutaway, is gonna I'm not make crying, me cry you're about crying. this. 
Um, Ida is so excited by this that he begins applauding and shouting bravo over and over <laughs> Bravissimo, again. Bravissimo, <laughs> standing ovation for Uaraka. <laughs> this is my favorite part of this episode coming right oh, here. Yep, this is great. This is some of the most adorable shit. Like, okay, so All Might appears out of nowhere and it's suddenly All Might. So, that's what I wrote. Suddenly All Might, <laughs> bro. And then Deku's like, so what are you doing here? All Might holds up a tiny packed lunch in a powder blue cloth that has little white bunny faces on it. And he says, lunch. Lunch. You want to eat with me? How the fuck is this Goliath of a man also simultaneously the most precious little cinnamon bun in existence? <laughs> And and Uraraka also notes this. She it makes her laugh so hard she spits. Oh my god! She says he's he's so adorable. He is too good for this world. He's a very cute adult man. I love it uh, so Toshi much. Toshi is. Um, uh, so Deku he immediately wonders wonders if something's wrong. Not not oh my friend and mentor wants me to eat lunch with him. It's some shits hit the fan. Fuck. And uh, indeed, some this is oh oh we don't we don't actually see that scene yet um, because yeah Uraraka and Tenure in the lunch line along with a chimpanzee and a Ferengi yeah yeah and some weird man who looks like he might be a fish so person you know what Patrick told me I don't really know a whole lot about Star Trek but he told me that the Ferengi are only interested in money which I thought was funny because we just finished learning that Uraraka wants to be a hero because of money and I don't know if that person intentionally looks like a Ferengi I mean it's possible or if that was intentionally an easter egg for those of you who don't watch Star Trek the Ferengi are basically an expression of the worst parts of capitalist society like they 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 love money and they don't care about people and they would absolutely pay you nothing if they were able to uh, and they cheat and they steal and they lie all the time and they're they're shitty and they suck. Um, well, hopefully that fucking, kid doesn't suck because he looks like yeah, hopefully one. <laughs> that, hopefully that kid's cool. Uh, Tanya and, and Ochako are talking about uh, Deku's relationship with All Might um, because it's it's a little weird. And they think back to Sue, who mentioned on the ride to the USJ that Deku's power is very similar to All Might, and a certain somebody overhears this conversation. A certain somebody that has red and white hair like a, a peppermint. A certain Todoroki takes note of what just said. Uh, and we cut, of course, back to the teacher's lounge where uh, Deku and All Might are having tea. And the news that All Might has to deliver is that his his muscle time is now down under an hour. Dang. Yeah, Plus that's big because like in the first couple of episodes, at, well... After after he saves Deku in episode two, he reveals that his muscle time is down to three hours. Plus, Ultra has its consequences. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Go beyond responsibly. <laughs> that is impossible. <laughs> it's very impossible in this world. Absolutely. He also um, says so that, that Nomi was a real tough customer. It's a tough customer, man. Oh. So he pours Deku this cup of tea and Deku apologizes for getting in the way and then all might which laughs all might... so hard that he has a blood fountain coming out of his mouth <laughs> and he comments on how similar they are and and that's what struck me when you were talking about how cute this appearance by all might was they are very similar like and it's not just superficial either like the the show the artists and the writers go go out of their way to show little tiny ways in which the two of them are similar yeah they both like bunnies uh, down, like if you think back to to when all might had his meeting with nezu in this same room flipped oh, uh, perspective yeah. from what it is now it's a very similar kind of thing he's very respectful very like 
you know, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't, I'm sorry, I'm getting in the way. Like they're very similar people, and it's not you. You can see that even without All Might lampshading it. Yeah. Uh, so the the deal is here. Uh, All Might knows the sports festival is coming up. He's worried about Deku because obviously, you know, one for Ooh, all. This part, okay. So here, I I had a couple of notes written down about this discussion they have because yeah. he knows Deku can't fully control one for all yet. So he's like, "What what's your plan?" And Deku's like, "Okay, yeah, what are you well, gonna do out there?" He's like, "I remember there was a moment I didn't have any backlash when I hit Nomu, and All Might's like, "Oh yeah, I what was different about that smash?" And he's like, "I didn't have time to think since we were facing real villains." And he remembered Thirteen talking about lethal quirks and how they have to be careful. And he's like, "That's the first time I ever used his power against a person." And I was like, hmm. I'm still kind of fuzzy on this because, he, well, he broke his legs when he was trying to get to Shigaraki to stop him. Yeah. But then also just before that, he broke his fingers using his power on the villains in the water. On people. On people. Yeah. I'm like, did they break because he wasn't directly hitting them because he was aiming at the water? So he didn't hold back because so, he knew he would hit the water instead of the people? So the the reason that we're given is that Deku was able to subconsciously stop himself from using his full power because he didn't want to kill Shigaraki. Sure, I guess. I whatever. don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird, and I will accept that if that is what Hoshikori wants me to accept. Yeah, my guess was but, that it was because Nomu sh- absorbed the shock. There was no recoil. Yeah, me too. That's but, my guess but, also. Whatever. Whatever you because say. If if the shock just gets absorbed, then there's not going to be any kickback. So yeah. that makes sense to me. That makes more sense than what they say, even though that I guess is the in canon uh explanation. No, we should have just turned around. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> 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 Saved you a night in the hospital, bitch. Anyway. And uh so Yeah, so that's so that's the idea is that Deku is able to subconsciously stop himself from murdering Shigaraki, from blowing Shigaraki's head off. <laughs> Um, and All Might gets up and he walks over to the window and he's talking to Deku about how, you know, he's got to retire soon. You know, I've uh, noticed this is like a, there's recurring themes like with the filter and stuff in the USJ. Mm-hmm. The fucking, the teacher's lounge is a bad place. <laughs> I don't yeah, like the, it. The teacher's lounge is where bad news comes. Not, well, I guess this isn't really bad news. It's just serious news. Yeah. Things always get serious in the teacher's lounge. <laughs> That's why we were and, never and, lo- allowed there when we are kids. <laughs> the teachers were just in there talking about the real shit, you know? <laughs> the microwave. And so version. he gives Deku this combination of like a warning and a pep talk where he's like, I gave you my power for one reason, because you're the hero that will take my place. And Deku's like, you know, there's this, the Dude, speed lines and he's starting to sweat a little bit. He's like, and, I just came here for some tea. Like, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> and this is a really cool, the visual construction of this scene, I think oh, is really neat because All Might's, All Might's backlit. Yes, yes, that's what I was going to say. He's backlit and all of his colors are very muted, except his eyes are like shining as he's talking about this. And then then we see the one for all rainbow behind Midoriya as like the camera zooms in on his face and he's like, yeah, I'm going to be the hero. And All Might says, you need to, this is your chance. You're going to introduce yourself to the world and say, I am here. It gave me some fucking goosebumps. Yeah, man. Oh my Lord. And then we get um, what I would say is the best ending, uh, if, if the third ending wasn't oh, so good. Oh, yeah. This is an adorable one. I fucking love this ending so much. Just all the girls having... It's just girl squad. One time. I mean, there's some time. boys like just sort of trailing along in the back. Yeah, but it's not about parts, them. Yeah. This is about the girls of Class 1A and how much they love each other and how cool they are. I love this show. They're so cute. 
I love the show because like it has these these very good, very strong female characters in it, but it doesn't make like a big deal out of saying like, oh, look how progressive I am. I have strong female characters. It's just like, yeah, of course there are strong female characters. Men and women b- both get quirks. Yeah. And anyone can be a hero. And I'm glad that they like Momo and Sue were originally supposed to be male characters and they mm, changed nope. them to female. Don't like that. Yeah. So I'm glad that they changed them because they needed more. More girls in the class. Even with that, it's not a fully even split. It's yeah. six to fourteen. Um, yeah. Which unfortunately is is quite equitable for anime. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but regardless, they did a very good job. Hoshikori did a great job. Some of the there's a little their designs get a little male gazy, and we can talk about that later. But this um, is very fun, and this is a very pure ending that and- I love next episode oh god the next fucking episode you finally get to meet my boy our our precious son oh my little juice my purple beetlejuice boy and you also get to see pink hair girl and so then all might tells us the first event here is an obstacle race where uh there's no limits on quirk usage. <laughs> Yikes. So that's what you have to look forward to in our next episode. That's because that's where the episode ends. Um, can I say that like when this show, when season two started, there were a lot of people on the internet who were spouting off takes like, Ugh, this is going to be a tournament arc. Yeah. And um, if you are sitting here watching this and you're like, oh man, a tournament arc, do not fret. Because this is probably one of the best tournament arcs in anime. It does like, hands not down. end how you would expect. No, 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 no. In fact, it yeah, there's there's a lot to be excited about in this particular... The sports festival is amazing. Yes. It's, this, a, it's a really, like, really cool arc. There were some things in the sports festival where I was like, what? Yeah. That's not... That my shonen anime mindset right now doesn't comprehend uh-huh. what choices you made <laughs> narratively. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but then it, it makes sense later. It and works. what's really cool is that the sports festival kind of differentiates My Hero Academia from other shonen, while at the same time, the ar- the whole arc is about how Deku is going to differentiate himself from the class of 1A. So there's some like meta metatextual stuff going on that i think we'll is really cool get to see one of the greatest animated fights of all time dude i've like beside myself <laughs> that i get to like watch and analyze season two episode 10 that's the one we're talking about if you if you know this show you obviously know which episode we're getting excited about but i'm gonna tell you right now there is a point that we are hurtling towards that may be one of the coolest things that i've ever seen on television the first time I watched that episode, I like my whole body had goosebumps all over Dude, it. I was and shaking. I was just I was like It was all I could think about for the next day. Yes. It was just one of the coolest things I'd ever seen. The whole but the, the, We'll talk a lot more about we'll it. We'll talk a lot more about it. I gotta episode. stop. I can't I, I can't like start talking about it right now. It's gonna be another one of those episodes <laughs> where we end up going overtime because we're just gonna be like, Did you see this part? And then this, this happened. Part? And then this <laughs> happened. And I was freaking out. It was crazy, man. Oh gosh. So that's episode one, season two, episode the 14th episode overall of My Hero Academia. Yep. Whew. Uh, season two rules. Season two was extremely good. And I can say that now that we're finally done with it. And yep. I can also say, because we've been reading the manga, season three is going to be fucking awesome. Dude, the the school trip arc? Cause they, oh my God. Like the battle training or whatever. Y'all, if you I'm haven't so ready. read the manga, <laughs> if you don't know what's about to happen, just... 
And I want to say, um, if if you can't, if you don't want to read the manga, if you don't want to get in that invested in it, I totally understand. Like, I, I'm completely with you on this mm-hmm. because it is kind of locking yourself into this terrible hell. Like, as soon where... as I started reading it, I was like, okay, you you know, you can't. It's like getting a tattoo; you cannot yeah, go back. <laughs> this is it. I'm committing to living this life now. And there, if you want the manga reading experience without having to like put yourself through it, like the waiting and everything, there is a account on YouTube that I've been posting videos from in our group chat. Um, and I think it's called Durzo. I think it's D-U-R-Z-O-B-L-I-N-T. And what this person does is they, is they upload videos of the manga where they set it to music from the My Hero Academia OST and they sort of scan through each panel like with with timing like you're actually watching a TV show and it's really cool I would recommend checking it out if you haven't so we wanted to talk about uh, just something briefly in this B section here yeah you recommended something kind of neat which I, I think have, this is a fun idea I have a nice little list of things here so Anime is extremely characteristic, and the main thing about anime is that it's Japanese-produced animation, but because of its pop, it's it gained gigantic popularity in the 90s in America, and so a lot of American media has very, very clear and obvious anime influences, and the stuff that I wanted to talk about today was things that are, like, definitely anime, but they're not anime, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're, like, it's so heavily inspired by anime that you might as well call them an anime. Yep. And my first example is The Matrix. Yeah. The Matrix is absolutely an anime. It's like the, the the tone that it has and the world that it builds and the way that it goes about explaining that world, it's just very and the fights. I mean, the fight scenes are so anime in The Matrix. Like when when Smith and Neo meet each other in the in the uh, subway station right before their final confrontation and they have and Smith gives him this big speech about what a butthead he is and how he's too weak to ever beat him (laughs) that's so anime that's so main character getting owned oh man so something that i believe is super anime sucker punch oh sucker punch is an anime anime damn sure fever dream it has got the fan service you've got pigtails schoolgirl uniform girls who are cute but could also remove your spine through your throat you've got (laughs) mechs like, yes, there's mechs. Actual, there's fucking mechs in it. There's an actual like samurai fight. Like this is okay. That's put me up on a cross. That's the best part of the movie. The mechs, yeah. No, no, the samurai fight. Oh, I like the mech. Well, the mech, like the mech section, is not my favorite part. But I just like the like the rabbit and everything on it. But yeah, the if samurai fight seen, is the best part of it. If you haven't seen Sucker Punch, fucking go watch Sucker Punch. It's it's not a movie that I would say is like good. No, it's not a good movie. No, it's Zack Snyder. It's, it's about as good as a Zack Snyder movie can be. It's an entertaining movie, like, visually. Yes. You know? It's extremely fun to watch. The music is amazing. Speaking of other fun movies, this is also, this is a movie based on a comic book, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, shit, yes, dude. Well, yeah, I mean, Brian Lee O'Malley is absolutely a big old weeaboo. Like, even, like, the comic was, like, formatted like a Japanese manga, but it's got <laughs> 8-bit Mario Street Fighter music, Ninja Girls, like, twin brothers from Japan using techno music to summon Neon Dragon familiars who that battle Scott's giant movie. King Kong. Like, and also... That scene inspired something in me that I want to play in D&D someday. <laughs> Also, Gideon uses hand gestures just straight from Naruto yep. to summon his sword. <laughs> and there's Zelda references also. Oh, there's Zelda. There's video games, anime. What I love about Scott Pilgrim versus the world, um, the movie, 
is that I think it is probably as good a representation of the the sort of shonen fighting anime style as you can get yes. in a live action film. Yeah, I I would 100% agree. The fucking like uh oh shit. I guess is Succubus the female? Yes. Okay, all like the Succubus demon girls. Yes. <laughs> like Oh man. Yep. I it's a love good movie. that one. I there's the story's a little bit problematic, but it's a good movie. So what else do you got? I've got a couple others. Uh, well, I, mostly I have low hanging fruit like Steven Universe. I don't think Steven Universe is named. I mean, the the anime references in Steven Universe are so thick and so like I mean. Do you want to Pearl... know what's a low hanging fruit? What Neo Yokio? Oh, Neo Yokio. Well, Neo Yokio is like only I didn't know it wasn't Japanese produced. Yeah, okay. I found out that it's actually created by Ezra Koenig, which is Shut the front up, man really? from Vampire Weekend. <laughs> Holy shit, I had no idea. So, all right, Neo Yokio along with like Avatar and like Totally Spies. Did you you remember that show? Oh, hell yeah, Totally they, Spies. They fall into what I am just calling the uncanny valley of anime because it's <laughs> not quite western animation, but it's not full-blown anime. Yeah. It's just like it's something similar to like a Miyazaki character. It's sort but, of like what happens if anime were to move at the same frames per second pace as Western animation does. Yeah. And it kind of exposes all of the shortcuts that anime animators have taken historically. But the thing is that like modern anime tends to have way better animation. You know what I mean? Like yeah, My Hero it, Academia. I'm thinking My Hero Academia. I'm thinking Black Clover, um, Sword Art Online as as Black terrible Clover? of a show it is. I wasn't really sold on it until the very end of episode one. That I haven't was... tried it yet. I, I really I feel like I should because o- people are saying it's good. It's okay. Uh, one of the main characters he kind of gets on my nerves <laughs> because I'm like, quit harassing this nun to try to get her to marry you. She said no. Stop it. But there's... oh no, he's a Mineta. But there's a part at the end of episode one that's like really fucking cool. Like it's it's like I don't know some castlevania level of cool awesome okay like with the animation but so some of the uh references in neo yokio that i would just like to point out um spoilers ahead possibly for anybody who wants to watch these six episodes <laughs> i mean if you feel like it of this ex- what i have heard is an extremely mediocre tv show it is like set your expectations to whelmed and that might not even be low enough. <laughs> so it includes references like to Dragon Ball Z. There's nice. like this Kamehameha blast. There's he has a Gundam butler. And oh my god. There are Sailor Moon references. There's a, a character in the show called Sailor Pellegrino who kind of sounds like <laughs> Luan from King of the Hill. More Sailor Hill. Pellegrino. And also there is a part where they're in like a tuxedo store and his friends put on masks and they're like, it's oh. a tuxedo mask. <laughs> and then there's another episode where there's like a magical like water fountain thing and one of his friends gets turned into a panda and the other one gets turned oh. into a girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ran one you. half. Um, I know two things about Neo Yakio. Uh, number one, Big Toblerone, yeah. and number two, Vape Judge. Those are the two things I know. Oh my God, there, man, I couldn't even tell you what that show is about anymore. I don't, I don't even watch it that long ago. There's just, it's, uh, oh, and plus we all the, the main protagonist has pink hair, like an anime protagonist. Oh, yep, would. that's an anime thing, right? Yeah. Pink hair, you gotta have pink hair. Um, I think. Avatar The Last Airbender goes without saying. I think the movie Avatar, the James Cameron film. Yes, also. You could say that that's anime for sure. That's Princess Mononoke. Oh, absolutely. It's Princess Mononoke in space, plus dances with wolves a little bit. (laughs) In space. In space. Also, 
the Lion King is oh, just Kimba yeah. the White Lion. They didn't even fucking try with no. the name there. They're like, Kimba. change that K to an S. Perfect. Like, really. So Kimba came out in the 1950s and then became... What? It was a manga. And then it became an animated thing in the 60s. Wow. And there are from there are some exact shot like frames in the Lion King from Kimba, like the ghost of Mufasa appearing to Simba in the sky. That is like a frame like a frame perfect shot from Kimba. And also Matthew Broderick thought that he was working on a version of Kimba, like an English really? dub, when he first started. Apparently, I didn't know oh, that. Wow. <laughs> well, you know what they say: good artists borrow, great artists steal. Who the fuck says that? Somebody said that. I don't know. <laughs> well, tell me who they are because I'm going to go punch them. <laughs> go kick their ass. Um, a couple other ones that I listed down were Blade Runner. Oh, for sure. And uh, Pacific Rim. <laughs> oh, my God. Pacific Rim. That's totally just Gundams fighting Godzillas. <laughs> it's just it's just a big kaiju fight. Yes, it really is. Man, 2017 really is the year of realizing things. Oh, God. It's so C- great. Can I say that the the journey that I've been on recently with anime is that I used to, I used to be kind of a self hating anime fan, you know. Um, what do you mean by but that? But I have, well, I used to think like, uh, this is some nerdy bullshit. I can't believe I'm. Oh, this like into you were it. embarrassed about yeah. it. Yeah, but here's the thing. Um, now that shows like My Hero Academia are out and they're doing shonen fighting anime, good. I'm not embarrassed anymore. This is a good television show. Yep. And uh. Yeah, it's cool to like shonen fighting anime again. If somebody wants to judge me for liking shonen fighting anime, but then I yeah. see them watching some bullshit like Jersey Shore or like the Real Housewives of Orange County, like mm. hey, that Real Housewives stuff is fucked up. It's did hilarious. You know, did but... you know Frasier's wife was in one of those shows? What? <laughs> yeah, Kelsey Grammer's wife was on one of those shows. Apparently, he's a huge dickhead. Well, you know what. 2017 is the year of us finding out people we didn't think were huge dickheads are huge <gasps> dickheads. It's I, so exhausting, Emmy. If anything turns up about Liam Neeson, I'm just going to quit through the rest of the year. Forever. I got a list of folks that I'm like that with. Like Liam Neeson, Patton Oswalt, uh, fucking... There's, there's so few... There's so few safe <laughs> people left safe in this world. spaces of people. Yeah. Like, can any of you be pure and chaste? Even Hoshikori is a little creepy. Yeah. I know. Like, that's the thing is that I, 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 I'm, I will defend the show. This is a great television show. And if Hoshikori turns out to be a creep ass motherfucker in real life, I'm still going to like the show just like I still like thriller, but I'm going to have to think about what that means. <laughs> and let's I don't not, want to. Let's not. Let's. Let's not end we're on just, that. Uh, we're just gonna. This is a great pretend. television show, and nothing can take that away from us. This is this is storytelling done better than I think it ever has been done in this medium. So before we end, I would just like to say something. So when I was looking up like things that remind me of anime but aren't anime, I came across what I I didn't even realize that this was a thing. It's from 2014. Another one of Tom Cruise's bullshit crusades internationally called edge of tomorrow and it's oh, yeah. based, based off of a japanese manga called all you need is kill it's actually not a manga it's a novel a novel okay mm-hmm. and i've not seen this movie but just from my experience with u.s recreations of these things like changing 
character names and also big narrative points. Like apparently this movie changed the, just the fucking ending, like the whole mm-hmm. fucking ending. Yep. I'm like, I read the book. It's a good book. Y'all need to stop. Cough. Death note. Cough. Just yeah. Right. Just oh please, my God. Please. If you're just don't even do it. Don't even touch those things. That's not yours. If, Make your own. If there were, if there were investors listening to this, I would also like to say, please stop making live action adaptations of anime. Yeah. Please. Just stop. Like if you why, think why that you Death Note this? was a success, w- th- them's fighting words. If you're gonna do it like this, please don't do shonen fighting anime. Why is Full Metal Alchemist becoming a movie? Why, why is this was, happening? Why was Dragon Ball Evolution a thing? Why did Dragon Ball Evolution happen? That's a great <laughs> question. My sister and I were the only two people left in that theater when it ended because I was like, no, we've committed. <laughs> We gotta see this We've thing through. Committed. Maybe we there's like five good minutes. This dumpster fire through to the end until it's just smoldering embers, and it was not. I I should have walked out with those people. That movie's not even so bad. It's funny. It's just bad. I want that. Like it wasn't. I don't even think it was a full hour and a half. I think it was like an hour and twenty minutes. Like I want the. I want that time back. You will. You'll never get it. I'm I so was, sorry. Nor they will gave Bulma you. blue streaks in her hair. Like I know. You couldn't even afford a blue wig? Man. Hey, cash was strapped. They had to use it all on that powerful scene of Goku turning into a monkey. And also Piccolo. <laughs> you mean Spike from Buffy? <laughs> James Marster Piccolo. Weird how Spike from Buffy was in, was the villain in that movie. Wait, was not... that James Marster's? Yeah, dude. You didn't <gasps> know this? Oh, <laughs> no. He debased himself for this film. He must be a huge Dragon Ball Z fan. That's the oh, only thing I can no. I can imagine. What has he done? <laughs> Nothing since that. So <laughs> I'm so disappointed right now. <laughs> Patrick, do you know that James Marsters played Piccolo in the Dragon Ball Evolution movie? No. Isn't that some fucked up shit? How does he feel about that? He said that's funny. It... Well, don't don't hurt yourself like that. <laughs> well, on that sad note. On that sad note, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to our our cool show about this cool show. Uh, we're very glad that you spend your time with us. I just want to take a quick moment to say that um, every year, basically, we have to do this bullshit with the FCC about net neutrality. And they are coming after it again. Uh, so please, 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 please go online to the FCC's comment page and file your comment. Tell your local representatives how you feel. You do not want net neutrality going anywhere because it it would mean the end of a lot of content producers like us, like small folks that basically just make this kind of thing for fun. And and we don't want that because, you know, this is our fun hobby that we love, but also because it would just fucking like I can't imagine how the general public would come out well from from losing net neutrality. I don't think it's good for anybody. So. So please get out there and make your voice heard. It matters. Stuff matters. Real life is important, even if you have to get away from it a lot. Real and life I have is to get away from it a lot. Manga. You can't no, it's punch not. people and solve things like that. Unfortunately. I don't know. There's a couple of punching incidents where I've been like, mm, that was pretty if, good well, solution. If they got a swastika on their arm, you can definitely punch them. And that definitely <laughs> solves that fucking problem right there. Um, if you like this show, we have two others. Um, there's Zenkai Boost at ZenkaiBoost.com. There's Insanely Haunted at InsanelyHaunted.com. Um, and hey, if you've got friends that like My Hero Academia, tell them about this podcast you listen to. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the art for our show was done by my co-host, Emily Linders. Me. 
Yeah, that's you. Where, where can they find you? You can find me at Crispy Lewis on Tumblr. And the yeah. music for our show is recorded by um, Rich B R I C H A A D E B on YouTube. Uh, he has a new cover out of Jet Set Run, which is equally awesome. Yeet. And maybe I'll start using that. Instead. I was going to say, you should see if we could use that for the season two openings. <laughs> He's a pretty cool guy. He'll probably let me do it if I ask him. Um, but that's basically it for us today. Um, thanks for sticking around. I'm Max Newland. I'm Emmy Linders. And hey, what's the advice we always give them? You should go beyond. Plus, Plus Ultra! Ultra.